It is Thursday, the 23rd of September, 2021. We're going to do some nerd news today. Because kids, hey, you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Nerd, 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 Hey kids, welcome to the show. My name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James, and yeah, nerd news. We're just going to get right into it. Uh, off the top, announced earlier this week, I believe it was Monday, Monday afternoon, um, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, is partnering with the Owen Hart Foundation. Tried to say two words at once. Uh, the Owen Hart Foundation, uh, entering into a relationship to honor world-renowned wrestler Owen Hart's legacy. Uh, that's the headline of the press release, uh, AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation, a nonprofit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world, are collaborating to honor the legacy of late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in the professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual Owen Hart Cup Tournament within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen, uh, as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including specified retail goods, as well as the upcoming AEW console video game. So Owen Hart will be a playable character in the upcoming AEW video game. Uh, the Alliance incorporates opportunities to develop Owen Hart action figures via AEW's partnership with Jazzwares, apparel, posters, and additional collectible merchandise. Owen is survived by his wife, Dr. Martha Hart, who spearheads the Owen Hart Foundation with a mission of providing global aid to at-risk communities. Uh, through scholarships, housing, various forms of international assistance, food banks, backpack giveaways, and Christmas projects. This is great. This is great. Um, I think we all know that, uh, that Martha is not interested in uh, doing anything with the WWE. Um, and... It's not a matter of who can blame her. It's more a matter of I applaud her. I applaud her for um, not giving in to the money and the sway and the power of the WWE in the case of honoring her late husband's legacy. Um, and uh, for AEW, this is great. It's great publicity and it's... Um, it's um, solid corporate philanthropy. Okay? Um, the idea of an Owen Hart Cup tournament, which I, um, I don't know if it's going to be a tag team tournament or a singles tournament, uh, but um, I would assume singles from uh, the way the press conference, the um, press release here says, uh, we will see, which will see the winner receive a cup as opposed to the winners. Uh, I don't know that Brett or any of the other members of the Hart family will be involved in this. That doesn't, that also doesn't bother me. This is 
this is something for Martha and her children to decide. Um, the, 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 the rest of the family, um, they don't necessarily, they don't need a say. Honestly, they don't need a say. Um, the, here, here's where I will, uh, I'll make this about myself for a second is the idea of an Owen Hart cup is kind of what I tried to do, um, 15 years ago in, uh, one PW in England when I was trying to get a hold of another member of the family, uh, an in-law. I was trying to get a hold of Tommy Billington. I was trying to get a hold of the Dynamite Kid. And I wanted to create a, um, a Dynamite Cup for one PW, a cruiserweight tournament. And, um, I don't know whether the messages got to him. It was, uh, beginning of 2006, end of 2005, beginning of 2006 that I, uh, was trying to do this. Um, I know because one of the people I spoke to about it was Brett Hart. And Brett was having trouble, uh, making contact with, uh, Dynamite himself. So. I was never able to. I, I don't know if the intermediaries I spoke to were able to and Dynamite said no. Or they weren't able to get a hold of him either. Um, because he was a notoriously cantankerous guy. But I thought at the time, uh, some money for Billington, who was not in the best of shape at the time, obviously. And, um, uh, a way to honor a wrestler that meant so much to so many. So, uh, so I look forward to an Owen Hart Cup. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, let's see. Let's move on. Uh, IDW, a couple of stories about IDW that, that popped up in the last few weeks. IDW is, uh, moving their distribution to uh, Random House. So, we talked about this a lot last year. Um, the DC Comics moved to, uh, to break Diamond's near monopoly and create uh, two distribution companies, one east of the Mississippi, one west. I'll tell you, since the beginning of the year, I haven't really kept up on it as far as, as far as I remember, uh, one of them failed. And, uh, so we ended up with just one distributor for DC. I don't know what's going on right now, but, um, uh, Penguin Random House has stepped up and have become, uh, I think an exclusive distributor for, well, you know what? Let's go into this article and we'll see what... Uh, this is from Comics Beat. Um, in a move that is both unsurprising and shocking, IDW has announced that it is changing to Penguin Random House Publisher Services for distribution of both comics and graphic novels to the direct market. Um, and I was... I, I, another article, interjecting here, another article that I read um, yesterday that estimated the um, 
direct market at 3,000 stores. And I'm not sure if this was just North America or worldwide. If that's worldwide, if you're telling me there are only 3,000 um, actual dedicated comic book stores worldwide, I'm scared. Um, that that seems low to me. Uh, and I'm having a weird microphone problem that, oh well. Hopefully this mixes down to one channel and it won't matter. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, where were we? <laughs> um, Penguin. Uh, yeah, P uh, PWH. PWH. What is that? Okay, PWH was already IDW's. Um, that cannot be right that's got to be that, that should be prh i would think penguin random house yeah it's just a typo uh pwh was already idw's distributor to bookstores so it condol it consolidates pardon me all of its sales distribution under one roof actually that's two typos in one sentence sales distro one roof it misses the word under. Oh, God. You know how when I read this stuff and I find typos and errors that it just catches me up so badly. Uh, which is why when I make a typo in a, in a tweet, I, I lose my mind at myself. Um, as it did with Marvel's similar move. Marvel's similar move. Because Marvel moved all their shit to uh, Penguin... Uh, random house in March, the end of March. Yeah. Uh, as it did with Marvel similar move, Diamond has announced that they will remain as a wholesaler for IDW. So retailers who wish to order through them can still do so. But it's still yet another major blow to Diamond's once near monopoly, as I described it, uh, <laughs> on distribution to the direct market. And it comes as no surprise after word that IDW's exclusive contract with Diamond had lapsed months ago. Many had been waiting for this particular shoe to drop. Image, Dark Horse, and Dynamite are among the major publishers still distributed by Diamond exclusively. According to Penguin Rand, uh, to, uh, oh, sorry, according to a press release sent by both Diamond and Penguin Random House, the deal will go into effect on June 1st, 2022. Quote, IDW succeeds when the direct market succeeds, said IDW publisher Nashi Marsham. Uh, was that a name we learned last year during all the IEW kerfuffle? Uh, no matter how amazing our comics and graphic novels may be, it's the retailers that are connecting readers with our stories. Because of that, I couldn't be more excited about our future with Penguin Random House, and I have the utmost confidence that every store, no matter the size, will see the benefits of the high level of care and service that Penguin Random House Publisher Services brings. Um, hmm. uh, there's a statement here from Jeff Abraham, president of uh, PRHPS. But what I really want to take a look at is 
the statement from Diamond Chairman, President, and CEO Steve Jeppy. Diamond Chairman, President, and CEO, and softball pitcher Steve <laughs> Jeppy. I've told that story. Um, Jeppy sent on his own statement. Quote, I would like to I uh, I would like to thank IDW for their many years of partnership and we are delighted to continue selling IDW's comics trades and graphic novels to our retailers uh, as a wholesaler effective June 1st 2022 at Diamond we understand the unique needs of the direct and book markets and work very hard every day to service and support all the stakeholders in our industry from developing sales tools and launching new services to organizing industry-wide events and engaging with fans. Oh, God, blah, blah, blah. I was really hoping you'd say something more interesting, Steve. That's just fucking corporate press release speak. Um, PRH's bombshell deal to distribute... Another typo. Bombshell deal deal. To distribute Marvel Comics announced back in March into comic shops takes effect next month, October. And PRH has been clear in their messaging for why they are taking on this new business. A quote mission is to a mission is to oh god fucking this this article is just riddled with shit. Get an editor, man. Um, our, I'm going to say it should say our mission is to support comic shops in fostering a lifelong love of comics, graphic novels, and manga for fans of all ages. PRH is a free freight company and is committed to bolstering all physical retail where independently owned comic shops and bookstores are some of the most passionate industry advocates and anchors of our communities. Okay. La-dee-da, la-dee-da. Um, PRH has just opened their fourth and newest distribution facility, a one million square foot warehouse in Hampstead, Maryland. Uh, they also have their fulfillment headquarters in nearby Westminster. Okay. Good for you. Um, and then some shit about IDW. Okay. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I, I I'm not. I'm not well versed enough, uh, to make a decision as to whether this is good. But I will say that I think uh, Diamond is going to struggle. Diamond is definitely going to struggle. They've lost DC. I don't know what the state of DC with them is right now. Um, they're they're losing distribution of uh, Marvel in a few weeks. This is IDW um, plus you know their own shit. Uh, more customers, more publishers will move, and I think that the I think that the independent uh, creators are moving more to self-distribution uh, along with self-publication. I mean, look at look at Andy Belanger and Lethal Comics. Um, 
you know, first two episodes, first two issues of Mother Trucker, funded by Kickstarter. Um, another issue, another comic, uh, Carrie Nord's Folklore, number one. It's Kickstarter is about to end. It's uh, less than less than 48 hours until it ends and uh, is over 92,000 Canadian right now. Um, you got Dan Mendoza, who's averaging uh, about $100,000 per Kickstarter. Um, what do these guys, what do these guys need Diamond for? You know, as, um, as Michael Kingston said on the show uh, last Monday, why are you going to make a deal with a small publisher and give them a piece of your rights to use their diamond code? And what do you, why do you need to give up a huge chunk of what could be, um, what could be income to have diamond distribute your shit? You know, you sell to Diamond as a publisher. You sell to Diamond at about 40% of cover. 40%. Um, that's You're giving up a lot of money. You know? Distribute straight to... If you want to sell to uh, retail stores, deal directly with the stores. Put in the work. Contact the stores. Deal directly with the stores. Otherwise... You know, distribute directly to your uh, to your customers, your readers, yourself. That's what that's what I've done with my Kickstarters, and um, you know, there's of course I mention it because of course I've got another Kickstarter coming up. Uh, Chance for survival is is ha- uh, I've got half the book. In uh, pencil and inked from uh, from uh, my new artist Eric, I'm preparing the Kickstarter page. It's going to happen. You know, it's going to launch in October. Am I going to create these books to try and uh, jump through hoops for Diamond? Spend a, spend thousands of dollars to deal with Diamond to only get forty percent of cover price? No. Get out of here. Eat balls. <laughs> Though I will say, um, everybody I've ever talked to at Diamond has has always been great to talk to. They've always been helpful. Um, but at this level of self-publication, um, making a deal with Diamond would hinder rather than help me so uh what else we got on here uh disney oh speaking of idw disney slash lucasfilm pulls star wars middle grade comics from idw question mark this is again from bleeding cool uh star wars time last week bleeding cool scooped the news that marvel comics has pulled the IDW license for all ages Marvel Comics. Oh, wow. I didn't even see that article. Let's take a, let's take a trip over to that. Marvel Comics cancels the IDW Marvel Action Line. 
Huh. They were doing Avengers, Spider-Man. Um, they did, uh, I think, uh, I think they did Black Panther and Captain Marvel. They were, you know, go, they were moving around different, uh, different characters. But, yeah. Wow. They've, they pulled Marvel action. Um, let's see, um... Uh, but they have had some competition in that market as book fairs begin to roar back. Scholastic has a number of all-ages, middle-grade-aimed uh, Marvel-licensed graphic novels ready to explode. Uh, okay. All right. And you're going to get far more distribution out of Scholastic graphic novels than you are out of IDW Comics. That is not denigrating IDW, but... Uh, Scholastic has an infrastructure that has been going for 50 years. I'm, you know, I remember as a kid getting this, those Scholastic, uh, having the book fairs and getting the, getting the catalog of Scholastic books. It's, it's incredible. I want in on it personally. Uh, anyways, back to this week's article. Um, uh, we cited the, the upcoming expected performance of Marvel Scholastic all-ages titles as school book fairs begin to return with vengeance as a contributory factor in that decision. But the other IDW Marvel-related license story has nothing to do with Marvel's decisions. Bleeding Cool has learned from senior-sourced Disney-slash-Lucasfilm that... Another poorly written sentence. Come on, Rich Johnston. Um, the Disney Marvel, uh, Disney Lucasfilm has withdrawn the Star Wars all ages comic book license from IDW. Um, IDW has been publishing an all ages Star Wars comic book line for a number of years, just as Disney owned Marvel comics have been publishing a Star Wars comic line aimed at older audiences. Some have asked why Marvel comics simply doesn't do both, but the current system has suited folks for a long time. And Disney Lucasfilm license, uh, licenses comic rights to a number of other publishers as well. Recently, the IDW and Marvel titles collaborated in the joint continuity publishing line, The High Republic. But Bleeding Cool had learned that this is coming to an end. Disney has withdrawn the license from IDW, uh, but won't be handing it to Marvel Comics. They have other plans. Maybe Scholastic? That's just a force-inspired guess. Ha, 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 blah, blah, blah. After developing multiple other Disney titles, including Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse, IDW's first venture into the world of Star Wars began with the release of the Star Wars edition of the Micro Comic Fun Pack in 2015. A series of foil bags containing stickers, posters, and reduced-sized Marvel comics. Since 2017... They have been the current holders of the Star Wars Juvenile Comics license, uh, which they started publishing with which they started publishing original comics, beginning with Star Wars Adventures Ashcan at San Diego Comic Con 2017, and the Star Wars The Force Awakens graphic novel adaptation the following August. Eh, okay, well, it's a shame for IDW. Um, IDW does a lot of licensed stuff, a lot of. Ghostbusters and 20 Days Later, which I think was well, started as a comic, but um, Transformers, 
Uh, I think they they have the Ninja Turtles license right now. A ton, a ton, GI Joe. A ton of their shit comes from uh, licensed movie, TV, and cartoon properties. So, uh, what else we got, kids? Uh, new Thor Love and Thunder logo, which is a, a broken heart with uh, the the break is a lightning bolt, which is that's pretty. That's dope. I would wear that hat. Um, have you been watching What If on Disney Plus? Because uh, this week's ep- hiccup, this week's episode was amazing. Based on the first Thor movie, it's basically it. it the premise is what if, um, what if Loki and Odin or uh, Loki and Thor weren't raised as brothers? Uh, when Odin finds Loki, he gives him back to Laufey, and Thor grows up to be a spoiled fucking brat and comes to Earth to party during the Odin sleep. It's hilarious. It's a great, very fun episode. And, um, yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to Love and Thunder. Uh, here's a line from this article about the about the logo that I wasn't expecting. Here, uh, let's see. Marvel Studios post production coordinator Jim Velasco tweeted an image of a black baseball cap bearing the new logo on Monday. A simple schematic featuring a lightning bolt appearing to cleave through a heart. The image acknowledges both the love and thunder alluded to in the film's title. The backside of the crew-only cap bears the uh, film title's logo. Quote, I love the Thor Love and Thunder crew hat because the design on the front is very reminiscent of Owen Hart's original heel logo, Velasco said in his tweet. The late Hart was a Canadian professional wrestler known for a, a similar insignia he wore bearing a lightning bolt piercing a heart. Well, now, I was not expecting to read two articles about with with mentions of Owen Hart tonight. Um, Thor Love and Thunder reportedly features Thor's one-time love interest, Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman in the films, taking over the role of God of Thunder. In 2017's Thor Ragnarok, which did not feature Portman's character, Chris Hemsworth's Thor revealed he and Jane were no longer romantically involved. In addition to the Love and Thunder motif, the new logo could also acknowledge Thor's potentially broken heart. Uh, one of the reasons I brought up um, uh, the, this week's episode of, of What If is, uh, is Thor and Jane meet for the first time. That's You know, it's based around that, that, that movie. And... Uh, they end up falling hard for each other. Like, let's get matching tattoos hard. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Marvel has a new X-Men comic coming. Oh boy, another new X-Men comic. I gave up on the X-Men so long ago. Um, here's the headline from CBR. Uh, Nightcrawler assembles a mutant team with an electrifying mission. Uh... 
It's it's X Men: The Onslaught Revelation Number One. Oh fuck! Who? God, I'm just so tired. Oh, uh, Way of X has largely focused on Nightcrawler's attempts to craft a mutant faith system. Uh, You'll you lose me right there. Uh, while also contending with the corrosive psionic influence of Onslaught, but by I'm so out of it with the X-Men, but by realizing the full potential of his new way of living, known as the Spark, the Spark. Well, it's not the All Spark. Yeah. Uh, the longtime X-Men is able to earn Krakoa a major win. Krakoa is, of course, the Living Island. Ah. Um. So I guess he's forming a team uh, with Pixie and with um, with uh, Juggernaut. Huh. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, go ahead and buy it if that's what you're into. Uh, <laughs> um. What is this? Bleeding Cool has an article about uh, about um, the upcoming 15th season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I am now all caught up. I have now watched all 14 seasons. <laughs> uh, what is this? That's a wrap on... There's a quote here. That's a wrap on block three of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia... One of its best seasons. Who is this? Who's this quote from? I don't know. Doesn't really. Man, there's some poorly written poop on this site sometimes. Uh, all right, let's move on. Oh, oh, here we go. Saturday Night Live, season forty-seven kicks off with Owen Wilson and Casey Musgraves. Oh boy, country music. Casey Musgraves is a country artist, isn't she? Uh, let's see. Kicking off the season is host Owen Wilson with musical guest Casey Musgraves. That's October 2nd. October 9th, it's, uh, uh miss me with this, uh, Kim Kardashian West. Snore with Halsey is the musical guest. October 16th, Rami Malik with Young Thug. And October 23rd, Jason Sudeikis with, uh, Brandy Carlisle. Okay, so the first time I need to watch an episode of Saturday Night Live is week four this season. I'd like to see Rami Malek. Eh, Owen Wilson should be okay. But the first one that I actually need to see is Jason Sudeikis. And Brandy Carlyle, good musical guest. I dig Brandy Carlyle's mom, Belinda, something awful. Um, the Go-Go's. Everybody remember the Go-Go's? So, yeah, I'd like to see Brandy Carlisle. Be cool if she brought her mom out and sang a song together. Just saying. Just saying. I should stop just saying. People who just say are usually jerks. <laughs> people who just say. Oh, and people who, especially jerks, people who are just asking questions. Just asking questions mean I'm just going to be, I'm just going to, I'm going to be contrary for no good fucking reason. Um, 
let's see. Uh, what else? Without articles, I can, uh, you know, without uh, any of the open tabs here, I can tell you that we had a federal election here in Canada earlier this week. Monday was our, our federal election, and uh, nothing changed. Almost nothing changed. A couple of a couple of seats in Parliament got swapped around between the various parties. Remember, it's Canada. Unlike America, we have more than two parties. So uh, we're going to end up with what we've had the last few years, a, uh, a liberal minority government led by Justin Trudeau. I would fully expect that this is Justin Trudeau's last election. Um, I think there's... I think there's 18 months or 18 or 20 months left in um, in this election cycle. So I don't know whether we I don't know whether we wipe the slate and we're going to get, uh, you know, a five year term or whether we have uh, whether we're just headed towards what would be the normal election date. Anyways, I don't know what I don't I don't I don't know what's going on there, but. Justin Trudeau called this election at the tail end of a pandemic and not that more like the middle than the tail. Hello, fourth wave. Um, trying to hoping that he could secure a majority, hoping that he could uh, crush the opposition, the conservatives and um, and do what the hell he wanted for the next few years but he's he's gone back to parliament hill in ottawa with another minority government means he'll continue to have to work with the you know with the the new democrats who are farther left uh than the liberals and make concessions to the conservatives um we had a couple of we have a couple we we have a um a much further left-wing party in the Green Party, whose leader, uh, Anime Paul, was not able to win, for the third time, was not able to win uh, a seat in Parliament from her riding, which is Toronto Centre, she was been running in. And she lost three-quarters of her support. In the 2019 election... Uh, she came within a couple of thousand votes of winning the seat, which is held by uh, a liberal candidate, Marcy Ian, who used to be a journalist. It used to be, I believe she was with uh, CTV, for Canadians who know the networks I'm talking about. Um, so Anime Paul came very close. This time she lost three quarters of the support she had before. And it's just is a crushing defeat. She went from a close second two years ago to a distant fourth this election. And um, I don't know how she hangs on as leader of the party after this. Um, on the far right, there's a new far right party called the People's Party of Canada led by a complete fucking jackass named Maxime Bernier, uh, who was kicked out of the Conservative Party um, a few years ago and lost his seat in the 2019 election to, uh, to... Oh, did he lose it to a liberal? 
think he may have lost it to a liberal. Um, I'm not sure if he lost it to a liberal or conservative. I'm not. I'm not bothering to look it up. He lost again. So for the second time in a second election in a row, he was unable to regain the seat that he had as a conservative member of parliament. He's a douche. He is widely supported by uh, white supremacists and racists. He's a fucking dude. And, and he's in cahoots with that Chris Sky asshole. The anti, the anti-masker, anti-vaccine guy who is just a complete garbage human being. He has spent years online before he became famous for being an anti-vaxxer and an anti-masker, which is all just uh, a bullshit con to, to make money and, and clout. He's a clout chaser, but he's, he spent most of his life online being a racist, an anti-Semite, an anti-Islam, uh, an, an Islamophobe. He's homophobic. He's transphobic. But yeah, very anti-black racist in, in, in his casual dealings. His rise to fame during the pandemic started with him just brutally harassing, uh, Asian supermarket staff. You know, just that you you brought this here and I don't have to wear a mask and I'm he's a, he's a fucking piece of shit and for Maxime Bernier to be associated with him in any way is just uh it's telling. It's very telling. We talked about this a few months ago about um <sighs> God, the actress's name, uh, the former MMA twit, twit, uh, Gina Carano. There we go. Took me a second. But Gina Carano, uh, and the beep bop boop fake, um, I'm just watching the cat go after this rug. (laughs) The, the fake pronouns and when other people do it, what you instantly learn about them. And, um, to me, this is a very quick, this is a binary test. Do you support Chris Sky? Then get the fuck away from me. If you don't know what a racist, misogynist, homophobic, transphobic, anti-Semite, Islamophobe, anti-black racist, scumbag, this anti-Asian, what a complete and thorough thorough scumbag this guy is then you should learn and you should choose a better hero and if you do know all this about him but you don't care because his because this one message rings true for you well first of all you're an you're an idiot for being an anti-masker and an anti-vax uh idiot you're an idiot for being an idiot. <laughs> and you're a, you're a lazy scumbag for supporting that message coming from one of the already worst people on earth. So, yeah, you're associated with Chris Guy. Get the fuck out of my life. So, hey, snapping my fingers, 
fix the mic problem. <laughs> I'll have to remember that for next time. But it doesn't matter because we're at the end of the episode. Okay. Um, tomorrow, Patreon exclusive episode of the show. Patreon.com slash my name is kingdom. And, uh, coming up, more goodness. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. I got nothing to sell you on today. Uh, <laughs> all my social media at my name is kingdom. Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon. Join me at my name is kingdom. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Tomorrow on the, tomorrow on the Patreon show, uh, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you some update, more update stuff on, uh, on how Chance for Survival is going and some personal stuff and yada, yada, yada. All right. There you go. Take care of one another. Find some good trouble to get into. Your Uncle Kingdom loves you. Bye. <laughs>